fabulous Alfred Hitchcock is about to escort you on a tour of the location of the motion picture Psycho 4. Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway and as you see perfectly harmless looking when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime. This motel also has, as an adjunct, an old house, which is, if I may say so, a little more sinister looking, less innocent than the motel itself. And in this house, the most dire, horrible events took place. I love you. If you want to intimidate someone, give them a lazy eye. of all ages to another episode of Unbuilt and Unrealized Theme Park Podcast. With me here today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. How are you Hello. doing today? I'm doing well. All right. Also here today, we have a special guest from Theme Park Stop and the Park Stop Podcast. It's Pizza Rizzo's number one fan, the permit princess herself, Alicia Stella. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have you. You are like a rock star in the theme park community. Like literally, if you if you want to know what is going on at Universal, that's the person you go to. You go straight to Alicia. And like you are like the number one source for everything. Uh, and you're currently like really going in on Epic Universe. Uh, so can you tell us more about like Orlando Park Stop? Yeah, well, it's funny. Today's uh, subject has a little bit to do with that, that long uh, history of Epic Universe and Nintendo, but uh, in my history with reporting on rumors and such. But yeah, OrlandoParkStop.com is the website, Theme Park Stop on YouTube. I talk about rumors, permits, news, a lot of stuff about Universal, what they're building. Most of the time it's in Orlando, but sometimes we talked about rides in Beijing, rides in Japan, Super Nintendo worlds all around the world. Um, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, today's subject is kind of close to me because it's one of those times where I was technically right reporting on something they were working on until I was wrong. <laughs> mm. 
that usually happens. Just like, uh, didn't they recently uh, pull a Harry Potter virtual reality attraction from the former Fear Factor location? Yeah, and that's one of those ones where I've been following this this project that was uh, originally designed uh, uh, like for Epic Universe, then moved over to Universal Studios Florida, and I was the only one who ever reported on it, and it got canceled. So, like, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, if I had never reported on it. Would anyone even have known it would have existed? <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. Um, so last year I went to Universal uh, Orlando and did a Halloween Horror Nights RIP tour. And uh, on the mm-hmm. RIP tour, they offered uh, one of the things you could do was get like this um, uh, primary seating in the uh, Nightmare Fuel show. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to opt out of that and go see the fountain show. And the tour guide actually told me, it's like, well, I mean, if you want to see the show, this will be the only year that it's here because it won't be here next year. And she couldn't tell me why, but obviously at the time they thought that the, the theater was going to be demolished yeah, and that the, there was going to be nothing there. And it's so funny because that was canceled. And now I think the show is back again. Yeah, yeah, it's back. Yeah. And I've seen the demolition permits. I know they were going to tear it down. Like I've, I'm looking right at it, and like, and it never got approved. And the next thing you know, it just says in the next update, canceled. <laughs> just like, <laughs> but like, it's so crazy. Like to see, I, I had uh, someone told me that like, hey, the work walls are back here. I think they're going to put them up tomorrow morning. And I went to the park, and they weren't up. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and the next week I was like, oh, this project's just full on canceled. And that's not the first time that's happened to me. <laughs> so they were just like, you know, it was just like the VR. They weren't just not into it because I don't believe it moved to Epic Universe, right? No, I don't think it's coming back. I think there there was a there was a, a seat change at the top mm. uh, of the Universal Orlando. And I think maybe they were looking at it and going, Wait a minute. How many team members will we need working on this at any given time? Uh, well, we we were discussing it. What was it like? Uh, it's uh, like a, over a hundred. It was like fifty was to a hundred. It was like a, like a skeleton crew would be fifty team members, and like a full staffing would be eighty to a hundred or something like that. And I was like, I understand you want to have good throughput, and one hundred and forty four virtual reality seats happening at the same time is a really neat idea. But imagine the IT nightmare of trying to repair 144 virtual reality helmets and uh, individual ride systems uh, yeah. that all run like concurrently. And then also each is like there's six in a room and there's a staff member for every room. And it starts to get a little nightmarish. So as, it, as a I comparison, uh, when I worked on Transformers the Ride in Hollywood, our skeleton crew number I believe was either 10 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> when you're five times the number of minimum working team members for one attraction, that isn't even an e-ticket. Let's like, yeah. this is, this is a D this is a, maybe a C depending on whether or not you care about VR. It just doesn't mm-hmm. seem worth it in the long run. So maybe they, right. they, they did the right call. <laughs> that is that's hilarious. Uh, so today we are talking about, Kid Zone, and we'll go into the history of Kid Zone, but uh, this um, most of this is based on an article and a video, great video uh, that you posted in 2020 called The Kid Zone Curse. And this is about all these unbuilt attractions 
that uh, never got built in this primary area of Universal Studios Florida. Now, uh, we know that we talk a lot about unbuilt attractions at Disney. While you have done some unbuilt Disney uh, videos in the past, a lot of unbuilt Universal actually comes uh, from you. you. You are a great proponent of unbuilt Universal because it feels like like Disney gets so much traction um, in for unbuilt attractions, but Universal really doesn't. Well, that it helps much. that Disney usually announces everything mm. and then doesn't build it. So, like, we have official right. concept art for Beastly yeah. Kingdom. <laughs> Be- and, like, so it becomes this lore of, like, I wonder what it could have been like. And Universal probably designs and cancels more attractions than they build, mm. but we never know about it because they don't announce it till it opens. So right. it's harder to get your hands on, like, some con- some early concepts that never got built because they keep them under wraps. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like we can in the future, we're eventually going to do an unbuilt Mary Poppins episode. And it's very weird to where uh, for the first time ever, like a lot of these unbuilt episodes are like, well, I mean, if you refer to like this article by Jim Hill, but instead you can go, well, I mean, if you view the 2019 G23 Expo, there was a giant (laughs) song and dance sequence. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we yeah. still don't know what was going to be inside that building. So there's still some mysteries there. Mm, true. That's true. Very true. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, uh, Ryan, uh, have you uh, just to really quickly ask, have you ever been to Kid Zone in Universal Studios, Florida? The, the, I guess that's why I've been sitting here in the back for a second. Universal, my memory is so messy. Uh, somebody jog my memory and tell me if I have. I, I, I imagine I've been there. Yeah, sure. Why not? Have you ever been on the adventure? (laughs) Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then then technically you've been there. Yeah, (laughs) it is technically part of the land, although I never think of it as such because it like is kind of it's almost adjacent to the kid zone, but it is technically Mm -hmm. under the umbrella. Yes, Uh, I've only I think I've been there more for Halloween Horror Nights than I have ever anything else. I rode Nuthouse Coaster like once, and that was just to get the credit. Well, well, what's currently in Universal, uh, uh, the the kid zone? Like, what, what, what what's currently uh, in there? Yeah, to the uninitiated. Right. Well, well, we'll get more into it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it is technically uh, consisting of animal actors, ET, uh, two playlands, which is a dry area, and oh. technically a wet area, which is uh, Curious George and uh, Fievel's Playland. Uh, Fievel's Playland has that giant water slide that was featured on all the uh early universal florida commercials that i remember seared into my memory uh (laughs) and uh a day in the park with barney uh and woody woodpecker's nuthouse coaster and the yes in the park with barney is now dreamworks destination that's right yes yes that's right i I always like keep referring to that like it's still there but the fountain's still there minus barney yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I believe a SpongeBob store. I think and I went into that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's Kid Zone. That's my uh, my extent of yeah. my offerings there. All right. Right. Yeah. But it didn't always so, start um, out that way. It wasn't always yeah, like correct. the park didn't open with it. Correct. Yes. Uh, and that's a perfect uh, segue to get into our main topic of the Kid Zone curse. <laughs> Yes, who? <laughs> <laughs> 
So here we are for our main topic. Let's get into a history of KidZone because as Alicia just alluded to, it wasn't always like that. In June 1990, Universal Studios Florida opened up with plenty of attractions, but not many that actually worked. Uh, funny enough, the attractions that reliably would function for opening summer guests were primarily targeted towards children, although they did not have a central location. At the entrance, guests could swing to the left to experience the fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera Simulator or take a tour of Nickelodeon Studios. They could also walk down to the right past the Hollywood section and experience the E.T. Adventure Dark Ride and the Animal Actors Stage Show in the Expo Center area. The latter would eventually become the location for the Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone. For now, besides E.T. Adventure and Animal Actors, guests could wander down the way and find the in-park entrance to, for the elevated guitar-shaped Hard Rock Cafe, which also featured a separate outside park entrance uh really quickly alicia did you ever go to this hard rock uh yeah i mean i never ate there but we liked mm -hmm. to leave um the theme park through that little entrance go up to the upstairs area and kind of get a bird's eye view of the bates motel which was there the um mm -hmm. the psycho four set uh with the bates motel um we might have gotten like a basket of onion rings or something, but we never ate a meal there. We had our favorite place inside the park that mm. we ate, which was the Studio right. Stars Cafe, by the way. Uh, later mm. named the studio, well, it was originally a Studio Stars Commissary, then the Studio Stars Cafe, then the Monsters Cafe, which you may know it as. Uh, uh, soon to be probably not <laughs> the Monsters Cafe, maybe Minion Cafe? We'll see. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was a buffet back then when the park first opened. So we were oh, all into the buffets. Nice uh, buffeterias. Yeah. So uh, the area was weird because it was like just E.T. and a long winding uh, pathway past the Bates Motel, which like really scared me and creeped me out as like a kid because I never <laughs> really watched. It's like I've seen Psycho at 10 years old. Um, mm -hmm. so I walked by like, why is that scary house there? But we'd go up into the hard rock cafe, get some photos and stuff and be like, Hey, look, we can see our car from here. Cause the parking lot's on the other side. <laughs> then we go back into the park and wander around, see the giant sign that says back to the future is not opening for another year. Get sad. <laughs> Walk by the, the, the swamp thing set, you know, like there wasn't much to do mm. back there. <laughs> right. I I'm always curious. Like, did people actually like just go and park at universal Florida and just go into hard rock cafe and that's it? I think so. I think it like <laughs> wow. maybe I wonder if you get validated parking. Um but yeah, it was it was definitely I think it had its own separate lot like to the mm -hmm. side like you can choose to park there cuz it was right up against the guitar walkway was right up against the parking lot. Yeah, that always makes me curious because <laughs> I always think about it's like does anybody ever in the history of anything take a, like a Disney bus to Animal Kingdom and just go to Rainforest Cafe? <laughs> uh probably not. It's not yeah. worth the parking. It's just such a pain in the... Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so also on top of the Lonely Hill, of course, as she just said, it was the ominous Bates Motel set, which was used during the filming of Psycho 4, which was actually filmed during the first month of the park's operation. Apparently, guests could actually watch scenes being filmed during this opening month, which was a good thing because they needed something to do given the stuff rights <laughs> were generally inoperable at the time. Uh, and it's funny, I read that Universal deliberately delayed production on Psycho 4 
for this very purpose to give guests something to do during the opening months. Uh, and and this was a TV movie as well. So I'm guessing it wasn't like super of a priority, but th- that's really weird that we're like, we have nothing to do in this park. We need we need something else. Delay filming of this movie. Yeah. I mean, I was there after the summer, I think somewhere sometime in the fall. And still, like this at this point, Jaws had already opened and then closed. Like they'd already given up right. by the time I went there. Um, and already like half the rides were breaking down still months after the park opened. And I remember um the Hitchcock show, Fantastic World of Hanna Barbera, the Murder She Wrote show, E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only things that definitely worked. Uh, right. I think we, we broke down on earthquake King Kong open and close periodically throughout the day. There was a big countdown clock for back to the future, which I was still <laughs> mad for because it was in the commercials already. Um, right. So like, yeah, it was, it was definitely a weird time. I did like the production tour. They had a tram tour. I mean, it took you through right. all the areas you can walk through anyway, but I still liked it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, what's interesting is if we have this uh, little close-up of this th- fun map, uh, Animal Actors, they had a uh, gift shop as well it's called well, Animal House. I think I, it was uh, – I remember it, and maybe they changed the name because Animal Crackers, the little restaurant, stayed named Animal Crackers uh, for mm-hmm. a very long time until it became Woody's uh, Pizza. And it had like little like cutouts of Animal Crackers on the sign. I, I don't remember it being called Animal House, which has to be a callback to the Universal movie, the comedy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it being the Universal Studios cartoon store, and it had like the little right. airplane logo in it, and it was a place to buy cartoon character related stuff. Um, and I think even back then, when it's like Animal House, I think it was mostly like I remember buying a um, Nickelodeon orange Nickelodeon VHS tape of Ren and Stimpy there in the early. Oh, 90s. nice. So like it still had a lot of kid friendly stuff because it was across from the Animal Actor Show. Uh, so afterwards, uh, the Bates Motel set sat empty as a prop piece for the park, occasionally being used in the early years of Halloween Horror Nights slash Fright Nights event as a setting of a show starring Beetlejuice. In 1992, work walls went up in this location as Fievel's Playland was being constructed, a play area based on the upcoming sequel to American Tale called Fievel's Goes West. Um, that's a childhood favorite. Uh, this would eventually become <laughs> another component of KidZone. You can see some photos from BioConstruct uh, as it's so funny because it's like these work walls with some um, Fievel and... Oh, gosh, the cat voiced by Dom DeLuise. I cannot remember the name. Tiger. Uh, and Tiger, thank you. Uh, and uh, they're just in front of the Bates Motel set. It's just looming <laughs> in the background. Well, there's these cartoon right. characters in the foreground like, hey, we're building yeah. something friendly. And it's like, well, why would you leave the scary house there? <laughs> <laughs> and you could see the way that the uh, separate entrance into Hard Rock Cafe like worked around this uh, small construction area. Uh, so for about three years, kids would splash and play in the eyeline of the Bates Motel, which is totally not creepy. In 1995, the actual motel was demolished to make way for our day in the park with Barney, another eventual kids' own component. This was a stage show featuring Barney the Dinosaur, 1990s staple of te- children's television. Uh, Dorman, I know you're fairly young. Do you know anything about Barney? Oh my god, is my time to is my my one knowledge I can give is Barney? Yeah, I think I watched Barney when I was younger. Yeah, oh, really? I when it was Barney, right? Of course. The, the, I he's got the new horror you. movie coming out, right? You love me. <laughs> <laughs> We're a happy family. Uh. Um, 
I was yeah, on the was, back end of the Barney train when everyone was making fun of killing Barney. I think I was, I was the, the yeah, edgy I, generation. Yeah. 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 I was already too old by the time it came out. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It is worth noting that the house was still there. They tore down the yes. motel part in the foreground to build this little kids area. <laughs> they already left it all up when they built Fivel. So now they left the scary house for a second play area. Or a second plaything mm-hmm. with like a uh, with a show with Barney, so you would walk and to Barney and still have that house <laughs> right there on the left, and, and, and like, ugh. but we still we still didn't call it Kid Zone, right? Yeah, it wasn't Kid Zone. Yeah, and it's worth noting that this house is on an elevated hill, <laughs> so it's like looking over everything. <laughs> it's like you cannot avoid it. <laughs> uh, this shockingly, the the, the Barney show stayed until february of 2021 which uh, if barney wasn't even on the air still so uh, children knew about barney apparently Uh, i I mean it kind of got a little bit of a reboot on uh, netflix i think two years ago Mm. so so i I wouldn't say that's what kept it alive because there's no explanation for the 10-year gap in between but (laughs) <laughs> okay, so anyways, the actual house itself, as uh, she said, still remained on looming on the hill until 1998, until the entire area entered an overhaul. The infamous Bates house itself was demolished for a curious George Playland, and the Hard Rock Cafe moved. In 1999, as a capper to give the studios a quote-unquote fantasy land alongside Islands of Adventure's Seuss Landing, a Vacoma Junior coaster was constructed named Woody Woodpecker's Nuthouse Coaster, in the spot of the old Hard Rock Cafe walkway, and the entire area was designed as Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone. <laughs> I flash forward to 2012, where Kid Zone has stayed in virtual frozen stasis, whereas the rest of the park was undergoing major changes. Uh, Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast closes, changing into Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem. Jaws shuts down, tier tier, uh, beginning a demolition that'll quickly turn into Diagon Alley. A relatively unused soundstage is knocked down to begin a lightning quick build of Transformers to ride. The Simpsons area of the park was updated to become a fleshed out Springfield, yet in this corner of the park, all that occurs is turning a lesser themed gift shop, that was the cartoon store, into a highly themed SpongeBob gift shop, which is SpongeBob Store Pants, which is really underrated like that that store is very cool yeah it's besides Uh, et that's like the best thing in kids zone what's crazy about the actual attractions in kids zone that as of what 1998 nothing Mm -hmm. changed for more than 20 years right like absolutely the the fact i would have never guessed in a million years that fievel goes west and Barney the Dinosaur <laughs> would still have a large presence as of 2020, 22 years later. And yet there we were when I was making that video. And I was like, mm-hmm. is this right? I have to do the math. Like, this can't be right. There's no way. Like, no one remembers. If anyone even remembers an American tale, they probably don't remember Five Goes West. Uh, right. Which was, by the way, my favorite <laughs> of the two films. I liked mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Stewart as Wiley Burp. He, he he teaches uh he teaches Bible how to give him the crazy eye. Um, it's it's a it's a good it's a it's a good movie. Um, but no one's ever seen it. And and, right. and so yeah, the SpongeBob store is like the only actual renovation that this whole thing gets in between those twenty two years, and that's madness. In comparison, on the other coast, uh, in nineteen ninety nine, Fievel's Playland 
demolished for Terminator 2 3D. Hmm. So it was actually gone at that time uh, that you're talking about in, in Universal Studios Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, however, they had a this, whole yeah. they had to, they were building a second park and they like I guess forgot mm-hmm. this existed and then yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter came along and they really forgot. <laughs> yeah. Uh however this doesn't mean that Universal was eyeing the location which had attractions based on t- rather tired and old IP the current to feature current hot properties. In today's episode we're going to be looking one by one at many of these ideas. So the first one is Ice Age. Well, and uh, it should be noted that a lot of this is explorations. Like mm-hmm. these Correct. weren't, yes. uh, although as we get toward the end, uh, that might change. But some of the earlier ones were, these were just ideas, blue sky pitches, some concepts uh, before they even had the rights to these things. They were throwing around some pitch mm-hmm. concepts and got them drawn up by artists. And when these types of explorations happen, usually uh, they like outsource different firms to draw different ideas. So we may only be seeing 10% of what was planned to replace (laughs) Kinsone and none of it got approved. So we could talk about five, six, seven ideas. There may have been 40 over the last 20 years that we don't even know about. Oh, uh, hopefully they leak out because part two, part two, yeah. Uh, but what what, what is uh, your feelings of towards the actual franchise of Ice Age? Uh, I mean, the actual movies. I mean, they were fine yeah. at the time. I think by the mm-hmm. time this was being drawn up, the fourth movie was about to come out. So in my yeah. mind, they were drawing this up when the franchise was already tired. <laughs> Like I had already stopped watching it by the fourth one. So it's interesting to me that this was when they decided, Hey, what about that ice age property? And it's like, did you not learn anything by like, you're you're trying to replace old properties with old properties. Is that the best idea? (laughs) Right. Uh, Dorman, do you have any fond memories of the ice age movies? So I think when I was like coming around to the age where I was going to kids movies in the movie theaters, the second and third ice ages I remember, mm-hmm. I think I distinctly remember seeing those. They're not very good, I don't think, yeah. any of them. Uh, the first one's the one with the really weird, ugly CGI baby, right? Uh, yes, and, and uh, that's the best one, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, well, mm-hmm. that, that's just a, a real kind of movie, the first one. The other right. ones are like, I, I, yeah, they're, they're not particularly engrossing and, and interesting movies, so I'm, I'm curious to see how they'll take old, icy, prehistoric stuff and turn it into a, a theme park. Well, it's funny um, that uh, this one and I believe the next one shares something very in common in where, ironically, they're more popular worldwide than they are domestically Hmm. because both of these properties made way more globally than they did domestically. Like the third, I believe the third and fourth movies were both billion dollar grocers. If wow. you can believe that. Wow. And that's not on the back of the domestic releases. Those are on the back of those global releases. Yeah. So maybe Universal was eyeing the wrong place to put this. But right. uh, let's talk about this proposal. Well, I think all of yes. the success is due to Scrat, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, 
But yeah, the the concept yeah. that we have that we are privy to is because an artist shared in their portfolio some art about replacing the kid zone area. And mm -hmm. there's a map and it shows what it's taking over. And we know that this is the first of many that would not touch the E.T. ride or animal actors. So it's yes. kind of like the, the sunken in area, like a mini land within the theme park and you would mm -hmm. enter through like a, an arch of sorts into the ice age mm -hmm. land and you'd be immersed in that land, which for 2012 is like actually kind of ahead of its time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's hard to believe just a decade ago, ice age was a billion dollar grossing franchise and the flagship property of a still existing animation studio. Uh, but it's true. Uh, in 2012, Aww. blue sky studios and 20th century Fox <laughs> reset the release ice age continental drift, the fourth film. And after a rather successful licensing agreement with The Simpsons, Universal was probably seeking to continue with other Fox properties. Uh, while according to Alicia, uh, it's unknown if Universal actually approached Fox, we do know that this proposal was created to change most of Kids Zone to into an Ice Age themed miniland. Uh, and uh, according to this, Ross Osterman was creative director, and it was planned to replace Fievel's Playland, Curious George, and A Day in the Park of Barney, Animal Actors, and E.T. Adventures would stay put. So just those three attractions. Uh, the play areas would be demoed along with the Barney Theater, leaving just behind the coaster, which would be rethemed to Ice Age 3, where Sid, the sloth voiced by John Leguizamo, is portrayed by an animatronic which is uncovered, which I, is very rare, uh, trying to escape a carnivorous flower in a prehistoric <laughs> jungle setting. Uh, nearby Sloth Village would be a play area themed around Peaches, the daughter of Manny, voiced by Ray Romano and Ellie, voiced by Queen Latifah. And yes, I did have to Google those names. <laughs> <laughs> they, there would be seesaws, jungle vines, slides, and various interactive areas. On the flip side was a jungle-themed play area to be next to a coaster with a T-Rex statue, rope bridges, squirting baby dinos, and overhead pterodactyl zipline and explorable caves. So it's Camp Jurassic, pretty much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next to Sloth Village was a whip ride similar to Alien Swirling Saucers, themed to acorns and the comic relief character Scrat. I compared Alien Swirling Saucers, and I totally forgot until now, they do have one of these in Japan, Universal Japan, themed to Minions, Freeze oh, Ray okay. Slider. Yeah, I maybe it was a two-for-one yeah. deal back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the back of the land would be a massive glacier ship, which would serve as the entrance to a large, dark boat ride. Inside, a mix of animatronics and projection screens would take guests deep into the world of Ice Age. Guests would float through the caverns and see a frozen T-Rex, similar to a scene in the first film and stream along a glacier valley with Sid holding on to Manny's trunk on an ice bridge above riders. You can see that uh, concept art on the next page of uh, the riders floating by and all those animatronics. Uh, and the scene, which apparently would have been indoors, very impressive, very mm -hmm. big, massive scale. Uh, it's currently unknown what happened to the pitch, but it was dropped relatively early in 2013. So what is everybody's thoughts on this sort of pitch? If you analyze the concept art, like there's a, a long page that has the descriptions of everything, all the images, and it says above a themed children's roller coaster. And then to the right, 
a themed children's roller coaster. You'll notice mm-hmm. even within this pitch, there's two completely different, like competing ideas for the retheme mm. of Woody Woodpecker. Interesting. You describe yeah. the one I used in the story, which is uh, animatronic Sid with the with the carnivorous plant. But that's in a jungle setting. And if you look on the left, there's a Ice Age like snow setting with different characters. This one featuring oh. Manny, Ellie and Peaches against a snowy and icy forest setting. So like back to what I was saying before, these are still explorations. Uh, and even mm-hmm. within the same artist and design group, they were trying different things and pitching it to probably the Universal show director um as this was like you said is ross osterman and then once that was approved they would probably take it to fox to say here's what we've been working on like to try to like figure out what's the best angle for all of these different things Uh, a lot of times especially universal uh they have like directives like you have you have to have the whip ride and you have to have a dark ride at the back of the of the the land and you have Mm -hmm. to have a retheme of woody but they might not tell you what the retheme of what he needs to be. So like these are mm-hmm. multiple ideas. And again, there might be more ideas floating out there we don't even know about. Um, I think in this too, there's a couple different ideas for the uh, the play areas as well. Like one mm-hmm. more about dinosaurs, one more or less dinosaurs. So like oh. not really sure, do we focus on the older film or do we focus on the new film that's coming out? So it's it's interesting to look through it, but you can't like take it as gospel because these are pitches. And you right. know who knows what they would have gone with if they actually approved this land. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the boat ride seemed pretty ambitious, but also it's definitely something I think this park needs. I think uh, yes. a slow moving dark ride boat ride is kind of perfect for this park, especially with Jaws gone now. There is no boat rides and I'm not going to count the little um, raft slide at Fievel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no water rides at all. And there's only like, you know, I guess men in black, if you take away the interactive element is a dark ride, but ET is like yeah. the only dark ride left. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I would have been happy with the 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 boat ride um no matter what it's themed to um one thing that makes amuses me about this uh idea is let's let's say that 20th century fox agrees to it and they license it so (laughs) and then in the future disney buys fox so suddenly side by side universal now has two massive themed lands that eventually disney might (laughs) try to reclaim right (laughs) Like, I mean, it would be yeah. like, oh man. <laughs> I mean, at least now, like Marvel, they technically have the rights in perpetuity. And Simpsons, who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Disney would be like, you know what? We're not going to build it. You can have it for another ten years. Who knows what right. happens when they go for up, up for for renewal? But I feel like Ice Age would have been one of the ones that they would be like, nope, mm-hmm. you can't have it no more. You have, yeah. Like you can't have a cartoon property that we own now. That's just not mm-hmm. something Disney would probably allow. Um, Simpsons right. at least is an adult cartoon. Although I'm telling you, I bet you anything Disney really wants to have Simpsons meet and greets in their parks. Like probably. They, they, they're, they're, they're not going to be like ambitious enough to build a ride, but they'll probably want like the first day they get the, the rights back to the theme parks. Hollywood studios is going to have Simpsons characters mm-hmm. in the, in the, like they'll, they'll like, uh, put them in the one man's dream or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just be in a corner. And then just like a Simpsons gift shop. And it's like, that's good enough for us. Yeah. They'll retheme the, uh, <laughs> the Disney Junior thing to a, a Simpsons uh, dance party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doran, what are your thoughts on this Ice Age proposal? Um, I think the, the you know, listen to Alicia talk about it and how 
they were pushing the uh, the the theme both into the original movie, the very Ice Age, of course, themed, and then the more fantastical dinosaur jungle themed as potentially options for what would have been the final thing as uh, uh, what Fox or Universal would have bitten onto. I think like the weirder thing is is that the visuals, at least like looking at like the ice, uh, the original style stuff, it, it's of course going to be very plain. It's 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 a giant white ice rock mountain uh and then you have the more fantastical dinosaur stuff which doesn't quite have the the core of ice age i think that most people would think um and blending them seems like a a real hodgepodge so at least to me looking at it right now taking it as just ideas you know i think synthesizing those two would have been incredibly difficult especially as you're saying ryan with things being very similar to camp jurassic Mm -hmm. and uh, already done things in universal i mean there's uh, literally there's literally a pteranodon flyer ride in one of the pieces of concept art i mean it's exactly right. a oh. child on a on being held by a pteranodon on a wire like it's exactly it <laughs> oh. yeah it's it's like if you look at you know what part of this would be the ice age the thing that distinguishes ice age as a property compared to what one might find elsewhere in the park um it would seem like it would be like the original styling of just classic ice yeah. and glaciers and stuff but how how much can you pull just from that so it seems like uh the the property the name alone right would be the big draw and not mm-hmm. necessarily any of the distinct visuals or distinct I think, experiences i think mm-hmm. the boat ride looks good and feels ice age enough for me i don't know yeah. the other explorations are maybe other than yeah. the scrat whip whip ride they're they're maybe um not as successful but i will say mm-hmm. what sea world orlando learned by building the Antarctica um, area and spending over a hundred million dollars on fake ice is that in Florida with rain and green mildew Mm -hmm. and other things, Mm -hmm. you have to clean that ice all the time. Mm -hmm. And like we have little snow cap roofs in the Hogsmeade or whatever that they got to scrub and repaint over and over again every year. But like that, that whole land being blue and white ice in, in Antarctica and SeaWorld, I bet you they're regretting that. And I bet you Universal's happy mm-hmm. they didn't build it. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably also a reason why they might have more considered going with the jungle setting, even though, again, that's like very, it's all based upon dinosaurs, which is a little derivative because they have it in the other part. I, I, I don't think it would have like come across as well because you're like, oh, well, we've, we've already seen this. Why are we, why are we doing this again? Shouldn't you? you focus more on the uh ice age aspects but like you said that also presents a problem uh, of note an ice age boat ride was built in malaysia mm. uh, it was built at the I believe it's called genting sky worlds now it was at once 20th century fox world and then mm-hmm. disney bought fox and that was a whole legal battle uh but uh, it's different than this but there is an ice age boat ride and i believe an ice age coaster there as well oh so if you if you want to see i believe Does there's it a of john Luigazamo being eaten by a carnivorous plant though it does not it does not have that (laughs) i can confirm that (laughs) so if you want to see that you can always look at a pov but so that that was the ice age concept uh now we're going to move on to probably the worst one (laughs) i would have to say uh this is the smurfs and already i've already put in the show notes the poster for the smurfs too and already it's just depressing The summer of 2013, the world had Smurfs fever. (laughs) 
The Smurfs 2! <laughs> no. The Smurfs 2! This live-action CG sequel to the original live-action CG hybrid film, The Smurfs, starring Neil Patrick Harris. Two years prior, Universal wanted to cash in and enter talks with Sony Pictures on licensing the property. In 2013, this survey appeared in many of their inboxes from Universal. And try and see if you can spot what attraction this might replace. Um, uh, Alicia, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? Well, I, I'll read some of it. Let's see. Um, okay. <laughs> this was a... Now, here's the thing about this survey. And we, like, I try to play it off like, no, this was like a real done thing. But like, this survey had multiple ride concepts, I believe. Yes, it did. This, yes. this was the one that got the most attention because of what it might be replacing. But it was called A Smurf Celebration. A sequel based on the bookend film The Smurfs, we have been invited on an exclusive tour of Smurf Village and asked to stay for a party that they're having to celebrate the fact that it's been six months since they had an encounter with the evil Gargamel. This is a suspended dark ride simulating oh a flying balloon experience with large dioramas, environmental effects, vignettes, projected media, and animatronics. And then it gets into some very detailed descriptions of what the ride might be like. But by now you're thinking, a kid's ride with a suspended dark ride, you say? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think there was some clickbaity articles like Universal looking to replace E.T. Adventure with Smurfs and then had like the scariest, ugliest CGI Smurf picture you could take. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. and, and so even if it was originally like ever considered i'm sure that the bad press they got would have killed this idea Mm. immediately right i want to highlight something on this proposal because if you remember in et the big the really big um thing about it is that you give your name at the front and uh at the end of the attraction et uh, is supposed to say your name. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, he's supposed to say your name. That's the the big pitch. Uh, in this one, the interactive idea was uh, in one of the things it says, we f- move further into the Smurf village and see a band of Smurfs practicing their instruments and a choir of Smurfs rehearsing a joyous song. They teach us a small, simple chorus and ask to sing loudly and loudly into a recording device so our voices can be heard par- and part of the festivities later, which is an incredible amount to ask even of tourists on a ride on a moving vehicle <laughs> like there's like yeah. how much time do you have like they can't even get your face to project on the florida version of forbidden journey that they take right. a photo of you still at that point and then at the end they don't project your faces anymore because it's not enough like this was supposed to record our voices among all the sound happening on a ride mm-hmm. and hear us um, right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so, <laughs> so at the end, so the end, how this pays pays off, it says we float back into the central courtyard where a party is in full swing. We see the band playing and DJ Smurf <sighs> placing a record of a recorded voice. I feel you die a little there. just then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hear our own voice playing back to us as we float out of the village. The Smurfs are waving goodbye as we float back home. Uh, and personally, I would have liked it better if they just kept the like Smurf naming convention, uh, like the, the naming convention thing. And instead of E.T., it's Papa Smurf at the end, but he like <laughs> says your name, but adds Smurf. So you're like, goodbye, Ryan Smurf. Goodbye, yeah. Alicia Smurf. 
Uh, that's actually good i like that idea better than the singing thing so there's no way i'm gonna sing there's no way you can educate the 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 tourists fast enough to get them to respond in unison it's just it's just uh yeah but this Uh, is You may have already guessed that this sounds very much like a replacement for E.T. Adventure. There was also a similar survey sent out about a possible Lorax attraction also Mm. replacing E.T. Needless to say, the reception to this idea was mercilessly mocked on social media. A poster on the Inside Universal Forum said it best. I just think the Smurfs is a stupid franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, even though the sequel did an impressive 347 million worldwide it disappointed domestically and failed to meet sony's expectations like i said these films did way better globally and i think the smurfs is a better global franchise uh universal shied away from the idea since americans probably tend to agree the smurfs is a stupid franchise what, what, what do we think about well, this? <laughs> first of all, first of all, I liked the Smurfs cartoon when I was little. So, like, I'm not more of a Snorks fan. I, I actually I did <laughs> like the Snorks too, but I knew that they were second. Like, they were not. They were second fiddle to the Smurfs. They were they were underwater Smurfs, and we all know it. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, you know, I was a fan of the Smurfs cartoon, and it's um, and going back and like trying to watch it, you realize wow, there's a lot of recycled animation frames in the show. Like, <laughs> this is not. This is a pretty cheaply made show. Um, but it, when you're little, you know, it, it's fine. Um, but the movies, I, I, they're very dated and they mm-hmm. like exist as a time capsule. Like by the time the sequel came out, I feel like it was already not good. Like we were already done with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like uh, the, right. the Garfield and the um, Alvin and the Chipmunks and all these movies like incorporating the live action. Like it worked well with Scooby-Doo and then they like it, it didn't work well ever again, but they kept trying. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think it has the lasting power that something even like E.T. does. Like, kids might not know what E.T. is, but, like, we all kind of know what E.T. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because you kind of say, well, the 2011, 2013 movies, they're, they're probably a really bad idea to base an attraction which has to stand the test of time forwards. But I'm not even sure if basing it on the cartoon would be even better because I think that kids are also even less familiar with that um uh, many years later they made a smurfs animated film uh, i believe it was called the smurfs lost village mm-hmm. and that i think that yeah bom- it bombed oh, yeah. oh no yeah hard. no well yeah but didn't they try that too that's the problem with sony too is they'll reboot things while they're in the middle of doing them <laughs> so yeah. like would you like a spider-man <laughs> oh, you know what let's do another one while we're doing this right one. <laughs> um yeah that, that men in black thing didn't go so well would you like another men in black though <laughs> with the ghostbusters mm-hmm. oh that one didn't do well would you like a different ghostbusters oh that one <laughs> did just, well we're gonna uh, do this to death um <laughs> so that's sony for you but yeah, no, the, mm-hmm. the cartoon bomb. But I feel like that's because we still had a bad taste in our mouth from the uh, live action movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're trying it again. I don't know if it's Sony, but somebody, they're doing a, another animated musical Smurfs movie that's due out in like two or three years or something like that. Oh, so Of course they are. <laughs> we, we, we will see. But, oh, if this replaced E.T., oh, wow. Oh, people, I, I like... I know a lot of people do not like the supercharged attraction for good reason, but I think this would have been even more hated. 
What did for um sure. when did ET when did ET close in Universal Hollywood? It closed in two thousand two. Okay, uh, and, that's and for... was opened yeah for Revenge of the Mummy. Yeah, okay. And mm-hmm. and uh, a fun fact about that uh, in two in two thousand two, even though the ride was about to close, they still painted a giant uh, ET the twentieth anniversary on mm-hmm. the roof, and that stayed on the roof until the late twenty tens. <laughs> You can okay. still see it on the roof all the way until then. They finally just painted it over. Uh, but yeah, that's also very heavily missed. Uh, and of course, we got the worst mummy out of it. So people also don't like it for that reason as well. Yeah, I mean, if if there's like, if people are upset about a mummy coaster, which people do like, it might be the worst one, but people do like it. Um, it, it like imagine Smurfs using the same ride system and you have to sing mm-hmm. in the middle and it ends with DJ Smurf <laughs> playing your voice back. Like, yo, yo, put that record on DJ Smurf. Like we, it wouldn't last eight years. Uh, I'm surprised Fast and Furious Supercharged has last so far. Like mm-hmm. this would have been gone sooner. Yeah. And I wonder if it would have featured Hank Azaria's Gargamel. Oh yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Because yeah yeah and in this pitch i mean it has gargamel i wonder if they would like gargamel would probably probably be like i don't think they actually show gargamel most likely gargamel would be portrayed in like screens yeah and stuff like that because they're not going to build an animatronic hankas area no the cat (laughs) because of the i think we're the size of a smurf maybe i think the cat Mm -hmm. had a big part in the story here they talk about um azrael leaping in front of us uh, and ch- chasing mm-hmm. all the smurfs down um and and that that get, tells gargamel where where the smurfs are located so i can imagine like a giant uh screen in the background with a really tall hegazaria yeah. crouching down and being like ah, i found you <laughs> like whatever he sounds like um <laughs> I, I don't remember i remember you know what i like hegazaria and i think the prosthetic nose he's funny in that movie yeah. i haven't seen the second one he's, but he's probably doing the best his best in that he's he, and... he's having fun with it he's getting paid you can't blame him <laughs> yeah to draw to draw a Another parallel to the last one. This also, if they did this, this would make two attractions side by side featuring Hank Azaria. Because the Simpsons also. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else you have left to say about Smurfs? Uh, no, no one has anything left to say about Smurfs. No. <laughs> Smurfs. The Smurfs don't even have much to say about the yeah. Smurfs. <laughs> They just say Smurf a lot, yeah. So the next one is uh, DreamWorks in 2014-2015. Uh, Universal was eyeing the purchase DreamWorks. Uh, they proposed to land. Tr- Shrek's Swamp Meet and Greet would have been located near the entrance to the area on the left, just about where it is now. Yeah, it's very curious. Uh, I literally just yeah, yeah. opened up and mm-hmm. um, like this was pitched uh what seven years ago as a concept and it's like oh it kind of happened finally (laughs) i wonder if this means trek 40 would have closed earlier i I, I think it would no i i will no i think it would have stayed just like that's i think that's why shrek has such a little uh um like because i'll let you continue Mm. but that's why it's just the meet and greet and not something big Uh, the area would have contained a Madagascar play area, Rise of the Guardians flat ride. Another whip ride. Kung, <laughs> right. A Kung Fu Panda tracked ride with both indoor and outdoor scenes. I'm guessing this would have just been a simple dark ride. Uh, yeah. With like um, mm-hmm. 
I think it was a rickshaw as the ride vehicle. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, how to Train Your Dragon Miniland with a small show and a retheme of the Woody Woodpecker's Nuthouse Kitty Coaster. And and that would have been Fiend of How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, and a quick service location featuring Wallace and Gromit. Uh, uh, which is yeah. interesting. Wallace and Gromit. I guess technically DreamWorks distribution yeah, in the it States. Was, it's, it's Artemis is DreamWorks distribution for Wallace and the Were Rabbit. But yeah. what's interesting is I don't know that they don't have access to the license of I'm not Wallace sure. And I'm not sure. And that, like this yeah. is why this is why uh it's hard with explorations to know if like the artists and the and the the teams were sent on different directions and be like use whatever DreamWorks like here's mm-hmm. what's in the DreamWorks catalog and they send them a Wikipedia page and it's like oh right. well Wallace and Gromit's in there so we'll, right. we'll throw that in there I'm almost surprised Rocky and Bullwinkle doesn't show up you know or like um mm-hmm. some of the Rankin Bass properties like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because these are things that they technically own mm-hmm. the distribution rights for but the other rights might be tied up depending on like Disney owns the film rights for Dudley Do Right and and right. universal owns the this rights and like so yeah I, that's the only one uh that is like iffy on on this concept i think the rest are all actual dreamworks properties and this is still a year yes, or are. two before universal before comcast buys the dreamworks company mm-hmm. so they would have been licensing all of these anyway uh technically so maybe they could work out a deal for wallace and gromit which just it doesn't fit if you ask me uh-huh. like uh throw shark tail in there or something <laughs> like it, it doesn't like, can we have a b movie cafe or something like this doesn't seem like it matches the other ones but uh, private ryan <laughs> yeah no well okay <laughs> <laughs> the mod squad maybe too, maybe I went too far yeah, yeah there you go yeah. it's, it's trying to think of any, any dreamworks movies that, like i can think of three um the boss baby commissary i don't know the oh, it, this is now using your thinking cap ryan i like well that. this is yeah. back in 2014 we have to use what's available <laughs> so we have the cruise right of course <laughs> the cruise uh, yes they could have reused the ice age stuff the crudes. well in like we were talking oh. about that and i i think that the 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 guardian whip ride is like straight out of the ice age plan in exactly the same mm-hmm. spot it's very strange yeah that someone obviously in the room was like, okay, okay, we'll do a big Kung Fu Panda ride. That's fine. But we need a, we need a whip ride in the middle. It just, I don't care what it's themed as mm-hmm. <laughs> something, but like there was, yeah. um, what's interesting about the, the, this concept is that the Kung Fu Panda, uh, like ride or concept, like had a little mini land and the how to train a dragon concept had a little mini land in this land. Uh, and those two are now like Beijing, Universal Beijing just opened with mm-hmm. a Kung Fu Panda Land of Awesomeness. And Epic Universe is going to open with a How to Train Your Dragon Land. And they're almost like there's some inspiration here in this little mini plan yeah. where there's like the retheming of the Woody Coaster is a How to Train Your Dragon Coaster. And you're in a mm-hmm. dragon coaster shaped vehicle. And it's like that's almost what we're getting, except we're getting it on the scale of the Hagrid's motorbike coaster. So right. it's a this giant is, launched coaster, right? Yeah. And there's Please? a show here yeah. in um, what would look like the great hall from how to, from Burke in how to train a dragon. And they are building the great hall and a show in, um, you know, Epic universe. So it's funny to see these things mm-hmm. kind of almost come to fruition on a tiny scale and then getting big giant versions instead yeah and uh just of note they actually recently just announced kung fu panda 4 
And they also they uh, recently re- opened a Kung Fu Panda kind of simulator show. It's not 4D because it's not 3D in Universal Hollywood with this projection mapping. So they're, they're definitely still interested in using the Kung Fu Panda franchise. So oh, yeah. I could see that coming into play in the future for sure. Yeah. And there were people that were trying at the company who were trying to supposedly rumored, uh, <laughs> supposedly yeah. trying to get the Kung Fu Panda Land of Awesomeness cloned into Epic Universe. So oh. I think people at Comcast, uh, the money people are like, listen, we spent billions of dollars uh, to buy DreamWorks animation. You better stick them in the theme parks right now. And then seeing mm-hmm. them only show like, why are you only building this in one theme park? We have like several theme parks. Shouldn't we mm-hmm. build Kung Fu Panda everywhere? And they're like, well, we got different things for different markets. Kung Fu Panda is the biggest animated film uh, of all time in China. So we're going to build it here. How to Train Your Dragons bigger here. So we're going to build that here. And they're like, no, I wanted all the parks. We got the <laughs> holiday parade was redone with uh, Madagascar characters and Shrek characters almost immediately after they bought dreamworks mm-hmm. like it was a way like listen we need to get these into the parks now and we we have that quick fix dreamworks destination currently oh that that's is right in yeah. where barney is and that very much feels like we need it now we need it now because yeah, it's so. very quick we have a, a half-fast temporary dance party starring all of the dreamworks mm-hmm. characters they when they tore down uh they're tearing apart the old monsters cafe and the old Shrek 40. So they move the Shrek and donkey meet and greet over here to kids zone also connected to DreamWorks destination. So I see there's like a motif there, mm-hmm. but that may be, and we'll talk about it later, a sign of things to come. Right. Dorman, do you have anything else to say about DreamWorks before we continue on? Well, this seems like one of the first ones that we looked at that's like, it's, it's big, it's big. It has a lot of different ideas. It seems cohesive. Wallace and Gromit, of course, I echo yeah, all of minus the previous <laughs> comments. And it's like, yeah, and that's just so weird, especially that it's a quick service location that they just tossed in like a like the random character to you sell think they cheeseburgers. Only serve yeah, cheese. 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 Yeah, have to say cheese. Cheese, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> a hot Florida day with a, a nice brie cheese. Cheese, Ooh, Robert, cheese. <laughs> All of the meals are like just like named after th- like this, the wrong trousers. And it's like, that's a meal. Right. You're like, what does that come with? And it's like, mostly cheese. <laughs> <laughs> the were rabbit. Uh, it's like cheese shaped as a carrot. <laughs> oh, it's a close shave. Cheesecake. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they're they're all just cheese based, and of course, uh, it was like a, a matter of loaf and death, and that is uh, just a grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the next one uh, is Nintendo. In 2017, plans for a replacement for Kid Zone seemed like they would finally occur. In summer, every attraction stands ET Adventure, which may or may not have gotten a Spielberg reprieve. It's unsure. Of the weight he has there, uh, was sent to be demolished for Super Nintendo World. This would have included the Mario Kart Dark Ride, Peach's Castle, the Yoshi's Adventure, Omni Mover attraction, and a Docking Long Miniland with a Minecart coaster. Walls came up, a Halloween Horror Nights mazes received new entrances, and all things seemed set to go, and then they didn't. Uh, so why? Well, Universal was suddenly given approval to build their quote-unquote fourth park. I'm sorry, Volcano Bay. No, no. You're not a, you're not a theme park. And uh, <laughs> Creative <laughs> moved the entire land to be built in Epic Universe as one of the major landmarks. 
However, plans for Nintendo in KidZone go far, far back to around the time of the Smurfs and Ice Age proposals when Universal was pitching proposals to Nintendo while they courted them. And so uh, today I want to like a look at this proposal that was leaked. Uh, that was believed to be one of the very first pitches and is extremely ambitious. Right. Uh, this proposal also spared E.T. Adventure with guests encountering a similar scene if you remember Super Mario 64 coming upon its sedate towering Princess Peach's castle as the entrance. Yeah, but it would have yes. it would have taken mm-hmm. over the animal actors, unlike many yes. of the other ones we've talked about. This one was mm-hmm. bigger. The The demolition permits called the area 8.8 acres. It would have included some of the backstage area for the main dark ride. This pitch is interesting. It incorporates a lot of ideas that they're still probably going to unroll into the parks. And it was probably mm-hmm. being drawn up 2015, 2016. And then by 2017, they had actual plans for Kid Zone right. that were completely different from this. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe 2015. Uh, but some of these ideas are still uh, like the the Donkey Kong ride was pitched in here. Yeah, and they are exactly. building a Donkey Kong ride, and it was with the patent that they developed for this pitch concept. There was a patent mm-hmm. for a Zelda show that was developed for this pitch concept that we may see some element of that patent in a ride or a or a show in the future. Like, so these were a lot, like they put all their best team on this one. Like they might've mm-hmm. had the B team on some of the prior concepts, but this was all hands on deck. Yeah. Everyone put everything you've been working on into this one idea, which is kind of like what happened with Harry Potter, where they were working on a Van Helsing idea for Lost Continent, uh, an expansion that like at Islands of Adventure, they wanted to do a monster's land, but they ended up deciding on Lost Continent. And at some point, the Universal Creative team convinced the, the executives to let them build a mini monster's land off the expansion behind Jurassic Park and Lost Continent. And they're like, come on, let's just do one ride with all the monsters. We'll theme it around the new Van Helsing movie. And they got the Kuka arm technology. And they thought this is going to be the coolest ride ever. And then they got the Harry Potter theme park rides. And they're like, that ride is way too cool for that. You're doing Harry Potter with it. (laughs) So (laughs) when they were pitching the Nintendo concepts, they're like, what's the cool things that we're working on? So, Mm. you know, it was a, a drifting, uh, like ride uh which you know what that might have been developed for fast and furious for all we know uh, a drifting yeah. mario kart ride the the zelda theater so i'm gonna pull it up here so i can zoom in on it because it's mm-hmm. very much a kitchen sink type pitch where this, everything this, is in there this feels like a dinner menu like they're giving <laughs> it to like nintendo says like see what you like you know just pick out anything that, that's what it very much feels like to me. This is like literally everything yeah. you might like about <laughs> Nintendo mm-hmm. in one right. place. And it's not that big a place. Like the demolition permits are 8.8 acres. Um, this land mm-hmm. may be nine acres total, um, but it packs a punch. So they, it, it right. starts at the Mushroom Kingdom. You enter through mm-hmm. Princess Peach's castle, like you said, just like Nintendo. I like how castles misspelled all this work and they misspelled yeah. castle. Um <laughs> And then you go into this entry portal and you like, it's like Mushroom Kingdom streets. And what's interesting about this concept mm-hmm. and a lot of the individual concept art for all the rides, it feels like it was designed by people who, who are as old as I am and played the video games in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the modern, I guess the Wii at the time or Wii U. It feels more classic style, which yeah, like, it does. For it's sure. probably to its detriment when you're pitching it to a company that's fo- forward focused. 
but there is mm-hmm. um world of nintendo superstore near the entrance mm-hmm. an interactive video game area there was a flat ride that was a bullet bills uh ride i think similar maybe to seuss trolley where you yeah. go around the upper level of this little thing uh, another retail a pokemon training academy uh i don't know if anyone told them that nintendo doesn't own the entire rights to pokemon <laughs> uh mario and luigi's pizza i feel i feel yeah, like that's a given right like that why, seems why isn't why isn't that in the current Super Nintendo world? Uh, because I mean, uh, yeah, Toad's Cafe is cute. Because Toad but... is the best thing that's ever happened to the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's a Kirby's. <laughs> then, like, this is where you hit, you start hitting the warp pipes. You can go left into <laughs> Hyrule. You can go right into Kirby's Playland. And Kirby's Playland, by the way great name for a playland there's yes. a wet play area to replace like the curious george they would have taken out and, and a kirby flying dumbo ride uh then mm-hmm. you would cross over a bridge another warp pipe takes you to donkey kong island uh there's a playground here with like camp jurassic type stuff and then the monkey minds madness coaster which is so <laughs> close to what they're actually calling it yeah <laughs> And this is the the boom coaster idea where you jump over gaps in the track, mm-hmm. which will be based like the visual style of it now in Japan and Ep- Epic Universe is going to be based on more of the the newer games from uh, the last ten years or so, yeah, uh, like Tropical, Tropical Freeze. Freeze, yeah. But you can tell this old art is like Super Nintendo quality. Like this is uh, mm-hmm. 1991 Donkey Kong or whenever it came out, and then. Well, we'll skip back to Zelda's Kingdom, a little interactive experience, uh, a little walk around forest. And then there was a God, it looks so small on this drawing, doesn't it? Uh, it's yeah. like a little interactive show that has a moving theater. And the idea and the patent is mm-hmm. that you sit in a seat and things happen in the center of a, a round theater. But then your seats fly up and for I don't know what story reason, but you're like you're you're on giant like kooka arms and your seating arrangements are moving up and down and around the room. I don't know why, but the, it's a neat <laughs> patent. Uh, if like I can only imagine like Darth Vader or Kylo Ren in the center of the room, just making you float up and fly around the room for no reason. <laughs> um, I, I don't think uh, uh, Link does that in the games, but I'm not too familiar, so I'm not an expert. The impressive thing about this whole land, though. And about the size of all that other stuff combined is the main ride building, which Mm. would have been three levels. Uh, This huge building uh, has an airship outside. That's neat. Inside, there is an interactive Luigi's Mansion area where you walk around with the backpack thing and suck up ghosts. There is the main Mario Kart ride on the lower level. And then a giant airship. It actually says ride. I don't even know what it would be, yeah, but like what, it's the very yeah. upper level is an airship ride, which is visible from the, the Mario Kart ride, but also is its own attraction into itself. So like they were putting and everything into this. What's weird in the in the concept, it says Super Mario World Ride too. Now, did that mean that the entire building was that? I- but is there I, another ride? Like, well, what? the Mario Kart ride, as it says here, ground. Oh, it actually says ground level, mid level, upper level. Cool, I got those right. Um, <laughs> the the Super Mario Kart ride is the main like thing in here, but because the whole thing will be themed as um, like it is like SE, like re- regular NES um, Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. like Mario Brothers one levels of a Mario Kart yeah. ride. So the whole building feels like. Um, Luigi's Mansion being the newer property, the airship being Super Mario Brothers 3, and the lower level Mario Kart set within like an 8-bit world. 
I don't know wow. what they were thinking, but that was what it looked like. So the the idea being that this whole thing is the Super Mario World, but it's it's very old school. It's very strange. That, that, that reminds me of the original pitch for Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you are you familiar with that? Where uh, oh yeah, there was the, going to be yeah, yeah the there was going to be a mine train coaster, the actual Jeep ride, mm-hmm. and then the Jungle Cruise was actually going to travel right. through it as well. I feel like, uh, too, that the Pandora World of Avatar, I feel like, also started out that way, where the mm-hmm. boat ride is underneath the Flight of Passage building. I felt like there, there had to have been a moment where, because there's a part of the queue for Flight of Passage that goes into a bioluminescent forest, and yeah, the boat ride goes right. through a bioluminescent forest, and they are literally stacked on top of each other, and there's no interaction, mm-hmm. but that feels like it was maybe originally designed to be. Otherwise, why include it all in one building? Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, when the fire alarm goes off in one, you have to evacuate both. <laughs> Which we just, happens we just discussed. all the time. <laughs> We just discussed this on our last podcast, which is Western River Expedition, where the idea was that the mm-hmm. main show building would contain the boat ride, but on top of the building were two other attractions, a flume ride and a, a mine train coaster. So they were going to use like entire entire thing. So on top of the show building were rides, and then inside the show building were rides. I mean, at least if it's interacting with one another, especially like the Indiana Jones, where they mm-hmm. have the big scene, and then it would interact with, like, you'd see other ride vehicles going through the big scene. At least there's a payoff. If you're sharing a building, and the smoke alarm goes off, and you have to evacuate both, but there's no reason for the show buildings to share a building. What, what's even the point? Right. <laughs> uh, this was an ultra ambitious proposal, uh, proposal, which eventually got cut down to size uh, and it got like uh, consolidated uh, and way less messy. It's an uh, interesting first pitch. Um, Dormant, what are your thoughts on this initial pitch? I think that like, uh, like you guys are saying, it does have the perspective of like an earlier Nintendo thing. The latest property on here, right, is Luigi's Mansion mm-hmm. because everything else is based off Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64 stuff. I think that like bringing once Nintendo got into the actual game, probably Miyamoto had his way and, and decided what made the cut and what didn't. They, they cut a lot of the fluff here because at this current state, it's uncertain who the land is for exactly because like Luigi's Mansion and the Zelda's Kingdom are pretty niche video game things. Uh, the the Ocarina of Time stuff specifically in Zelda's Kingdom. But Donkey Kong and Mario are household names just because of the arcade and the early video games. So it's a very big, big pitch with a lot of different things going on here that could probably use some some cutting down. Maybe just a price fix menu, like Ryan was saying. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And that's a, 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 it's exemplary of the pitch concepts, like the Ice Age thing, where here's oh. like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And then you go pitch it, you mm. blow their minds. And then you realize, okay, now logically, maybe we just focus in on this. Or um, Nintendo says, like, we can't have these properties coexisting together. We need them to be their own separate world. And it's like mm-hmm. the same reason that. Um, Hogsmeade is not right next to Diagon Alley like they originally right. planned. They wanted the, all the rest of Lost Continent to be turned into Diagon Alley. J.K. Rowling's like, but these places are separate and they have a train that separates them. Someone in the room is like, wait a minute, a train separates them? <laughs> I have the best idea. So 
someone in the room talking to Nintendo about this pitch. And they're like, we love it. But can we just focus in on the Mushroom Kingdom for our first land, then maybe do other lands with Zelda mm-hmm. or Pokemon and like give them its own thing. And then and, and they're like, well, what about Donkey Kong? And like, oh, we definitely need Donkey Kong. And like, well, we can still do the portal idea. Like you could see the conversation mm-hmm. happening where you're going to yeah. do the green pipe between the two lands that are next to each other. But then we can do a whole nother land for Pokemon in a different park. And like, it, it, they they really focus in on what's important and what's not, and poor Luigi's mansion gets left to the wayside. <laughs> it, it, and it's interesting because at this time, like, and even now, I mean, yes, it's still now, but especially at this time, the whole idea of the single IP land is so big. You you just go all in on one idea. So it's not that you have a little spots for little. Um, themed lands you have just one major idea mm-hmm. and that seems to be where they eventually landed i mean the current super nintendo world is incredibly impressive obviously they're constructing the donkey kong ones but we actually haven't seen that fully in action yet but the actual super nintendo world just being this giant super mario like feast for the eyes that that worked probably much better than this pitch would have worked. I think right. this would have been a little too uh, tiny and cold in, even though that show building would have been incredible. But I think these properties deserve the, the, the bigger expansion. For this sure. feels like uh, modern technologies, but with a 1990s design, like it is mm-hmm. a theme park land that they might have designed with like a hodgepodge of stuff back in the day before the themed. It even kind of has a modern take on the walking through the Hogsmeade and reveal of the castle. But I'm not sure what the Mario Kart show building was going to be themed as looking at the art. Like what was even the like, what's the grand reveal at the end of this walkway pipes? Like mm-hmm. that's not <laughs> it's not as exciting as Bowser's Castle uh, uh, Fortress at the end of the land. Also, I think right. they got lucky with the uh what is it super mario world 3d um yeah yeah mario 3d world like the idea that that game plays on the old versions of Nintendo, like the mario games but like in a 3d way it, it it created a perfect blueprint for what this land could look like while still like doing what the universal creative wanted to do with the classic style but fleshed out in 3d uh, mm-hmm. So like they kind of got lucky on the timing of that. And uh, just for note, uh, Super Nintendo World opens at Universal Studios Hollywood next year, early next year. Uh, and you can currently see uh, construction photos coming along where it's 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 nearly ready to go. Uh, but the full version of it will open at Epic Universe in 2025, and Donkey Kong will open at Japan in uh, 2024. Yes. Yes. It, that's what mm-hmm. they've announced is 2024. Although it's already got track, so we'll see. <laughs> All right. Okay. That always surprised me because I think they announced it. Did they announce it last year? And I think for the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was like, "Really? That far ahead? Okay." Well, uh, yeah. So, They're having some timing yeah. <laughs> issues there with uh, tourism not rebounding because of right. uh, pandemic crunches. Sure. Uh, they've also put off their Pokemon expansions uh, a year. Mm because of that that's a good segue (laughs) so (laughs) our last one our last one uh, is the pokemon 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 
in 2018, as, <laughs> as Nintendo Project moved from studios to Epic, Universal also began entering separate talks with the Pokemon company in hopes of turning KidZone into a Pokemon-themed land. And development actually went pretty far. A manufacturer ride system and a master plan details were laid out until the project was quietly next. The land's e-ticket attraction was Pokemon Snap Safari. Guess what? board either omni mover vehicles or i heard another source say it was possibly boats which makes sense because i believe <laughs> pokemon snap had boats uh for a lot of it uh and wind through several pokemon environments cap trying to capture as many photos of the 200 pokemon scattered throughout the ride Another rumor suggested as a promotion, guests could find even more hidden Pokemon throughout Universal Studios Florida and use an interactive Pokedex. Other rumors for Pokemon attractions included a Pokemon Stadium show that it used AR goggle technology to make Pokemon fight in front of guests' eyes, although it's heavily hinted that this might have been developed for Epic Universe. Universal allegedly got hesitant about approving plans for more Nintendo-adjacent areas while still developing the first Nintendo lands themselves and put these ideas on a shelf. So what is everyone's thoughts about Pokemon? Well, there's there's a little bit more to the story than, than hmm. um, even I've talked about. But it's, oh, go uh, ahead. Well, uh, as you said, this is 2018. This is a year mm-hmm. after Super Nintendo World was planned and then canceled for Kid Zone. Because remember, we're talking about a curse here. Uh, yes. The 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 curse, and this the same thing happened with Jurassic Park. I was so excited they were going to build Jurassic Park at Universal Studios Florida, and then they moved it to Islands of Adventure when they mm-hmm. decided to build that theme park. Uh, like originally that was all going to be cartoon stuff. I know you've talked about that. Uh, yes. <laughs> but like when they decided it wasn't going to all be cartoon stuff, they took that ride and it took three more years to open. And I had to wait three more years for that ride in Florida. And the same and thing the happened. Got it first. <laughs> right. And the same thing has happened with Nintendo. We're now I have to wait <laughs> more years, which would have been like three more years, but then the pandemic happened. And either mm. way, Hollywood's getting it first. And I have to wait until 2025 would like it would have been open last year if they had built it in kids zone but 2018 <laughs> comes rolling around and I'm like listen we have all this demolition plans we're just gonna move forward with a different idea for kids zone we're gonna go to our second expansion for nintendo and do a pokemon land and they and they developed a ton of explorations and that's why there's so many competing rumors is that these were just concepts um like the uh, the the Pokemon Snap Safari went through a ton of iterations. I haven't even heard about the boat ride. Um, I've heard about the Omni Mover, uh, and I've heard about some other ideas, but I know what it ended up being. Um, which supposedly mm-hmm. they bought the track for a mock uh, inverted powered coaster. Right. Yes, I heard about that, and uh, that was definitely the final version that they were going to build in 2018 when this was permitted. Um, and that, like, I think they bought it for jurassic world at universal beijing and they bought it for this at the same time one of their famous buy one get one so jurassic world one is like so disappointing it's bare bones it is just yeah it's kind of a toronto on flyer situation which is what they named it so Mm -hmm. it's totally fine um (laughs) but the one here was a very fleshed out dark ride it's something that Mm -hmm. all the explorations got merged into one concept although 
it no longer was interactive, which is really strange right. for a Pokemon like Snap Safari type ride. But the idea was that um, you lost your camera and you're going through all these different biomes to try to find the camera and Pikachu finally finds it and takes a picture of you at the end. How cute is that? Um, but you still get to explore yeah. all the different biomes and uh, like teleport from different land to land. And it was like a intense like not intense coaster, but like a like theming overload for the amount of mm -hmm. stuff that would have crammed into this ride. Um, but earlier concepts had uh, like ropes courses and all these like different training scenarios. One of mm -hmm. them kept the Woody Woodpecker coaster and rethemed it where wow. we heard that before. It would have had a flat ride where we heard that before. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so lots of different ideas, but the final version they were going to build did have the the AR show the the theater show, um, and then had some stuff around the land, including a very teeny tiny quick service location because they spent most of their space adding this theater and massive coaster ride, which the coaster would go through the major building but also around the land a little bit. That's the one upside to this type of ride system, exactly like Arthur at Europa Park. Right. Um, so it would be like a lot of indoor stuff and then a couple outdoor scenes that would interact with. Uh, the area, but they would sell you Pokeballs that you'd be able to use within different, like they, they were calling them Pokemon gardens where you would go through and collect different Pokemon. And then you can take them to the AR arena and actually see your Pokemon involved in the show. Um, that is so cool. Uh, and like different, if you have the, the, like, if you happen to have the one that's during the show, like your points would go up while like, so wow. everyone's kind of interacting, but not really. Um, and then there'd be other interactive things where maybe you can battle them, uh, and there'd be yeah, a, would, a walk through where the, the scientist guy would teach you how to battle, how to power mm -hmm. up and you would buy different things to, to, you know, treat your Pokemon, but really it's an interactive right. ball that you would carry around. Yeah. And I'd have to imagine like they would have gems where you could use it to possibly evolve the Pokemon and get it to be more powerful so it can fight into the stadium. I don't know. I don't know if it got that intense. It was mostly mm -hmm. like like the Potter wand windows don't get that into it. Like you just wave your wand right. and it does something. This was you collect a Pokemon and you now have it. Um, I don't think it got too crazy in the final version. And this is one of those things where there was a ton of explorations. And at the end of the day, mm -hmm. they realized, like, let's just keep it simple. We collect Pokemon and we watch them battle. But uh, uh, talking to my friend Jalen, I think there's a way there's some kind of app or something that collects all your Pokemon from all your different games. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that would have been incorporated so that at least you can keep track of what you caught at Universal Studios, you know, in your, mm -hmm. your official Pokemon app. And that way it would tie into Switch games and things. So, like, there's always some way to tie it back to the existing uh, video games. Mm -hmm. But mainly it was a really good dark ride coaster and a really neat first of its kind AR battle show. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of the Pokemon Snap Safari because I imagine that you wouldn't actually be using like cameras that they would give you. Most likely, they would encourage you to use your phones, my guess, 
and you could use your phone or you could just sit there and just enjoy the scenery and you could pull up an app and then you take photos and then you would probably get points based on that. Like, oh, you spotted, oh, there's a Bulbasaur. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, there's a Charizard. Oh, cool. I got that one. Ooh, did you spot this one jelly in this one area or this one Jigglypuff in another area? Oh, there's a Foxfire. Kind of, kind of like that. Um, because it's, it was like 200 of them. Uh, speaking to someone, and this is just one person's point of view, <clears throat> they mm-hmm. think they said that um, the mock inverted powered coaster was forced upon them uh, from someone oh, up top, okay. and it was not mm. their their first choice for a ride vehicle for this type of ride, and that it cost them the interactivity by doing that ride vehicle. Oh, um, so they wanted to make it as best they could. So I think it's mm-hmm. more of a passive experience now instead of an interactive yeah. one, which is crazy considering all of the Nintendo attractions, except for Donkey Kong, like the, even Yoshi's interactive in some way. Right. Um, yeah. But I think that they, that way they would focus it more on the land itself. Um, mm-hmm. There's one more attraction, by the way, that would have been incorporated. Um, I sent you something. <laughs> You're never going to believe what it is. Wow, that looks very similar. I'm going to send this to Dorman right now. That's and, right. Uh, you might want Another to whip ride, flat ride, ride wow. for the center of Pokemon land, because why not? Third time's a charm. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I wonder, uh, I don't know who the manufacturer of these are. That they got, but like somebody's like probably offering them like a really good deal on it, and they're like, <laughs> "But it's got to get this in." You can always tell it's a it's a plan for kid zone if there's a whip ride in the middle across yeah. from Woody Woodpecker <laughs> coaster. They kept the old coaster. There's a whip ride. That's a right. theme of, of the of the kid zone. Yeah. That's what that is. That's amazing. I had no idea about that. That is incredible. Uh, yeah, so I don't think I've ever mentioned that before, but that got pretty far in mm-hmm. approvals. All right. <laughs> Uh, Dorman, what are your thoughts on the uh, Pokemon ideas? Yeah, so you guys talked like about the the AR options, like the AR battling, and like potentially being able to catch Pokemon and Pokemon Gardens with a an external peripheral, and uh, uh, the photography and the battling. And part of me wonders: this is 2018, which means uh, everybody had Pokemon in their pockets for two years, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So when you say like that there would be tie-in with an app or with like a on like potentially on someone's phone or something like that, I would imagine Pokemon Go would have been the video game to tie into. You'd yes. think that instead you'd, of like Pokemon you'd, Bank. You'd think that, but no, I don't believe yeah. any of this had anything mm. to do with Pokemon Go. It's a standalone, stand the test of time. Um, much like the wands, I think it's just, you know, you can collect them all and then track them just like super nintendo world it's pretty much Mm. just trackable through the official universal app like that's really the whole point of it you can pull up your stats for super nintendo world on your switch i'm not sure how it works but there's a way to do it um and it's really just a a record keeping thing oh okay that's interesting it's just interesting because like it would be the the analog would be in a fictional universe everybody got really into harry potter go for a couple of years and had their <laughs> mm-hmm. wands and engaged together. And then all of a sudden Universal came out with a very similar idea that would synthesize pretty well and said to everybody, well, that doesn't work with this. These are two completely different things. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, but know. it's, I think it's a, it's a time thing. It's like, it's um, mm. an incorporate, like there's multiple reasons you want your land to stand alone. You want your land to stand the test of time, but also mm. 
Nintendo doesn't make the apps. Um, even the Pokemon company doesn't make, it's a third party company that makes these apps. So universal would have to make a side deal to even be able to incorporate things and apps have to be updated constantly. And Universal's not in the business of updating things constantly. (laughs) So I just think it's like one of those things where like, you know what, it's not worth it. Uh, Like your minimal Hmm. connectivity to the switch, at least only incorporates the one license holder they're already working with. Like that's like, that's the bare minimum I would see them doing. Um, But mostly it's just something to have fun while you're in the land, maybe bragging rights for how many Pokemon, like I've collected them all. And then you have to introduce more into the garden or whatever to get people to come Mm -hmm. back the same way that Japan, uh, it does little holiday things where you have to go on a ride like Mario Kart to get a special like Santa Mario Mm -hmm. stamp in the app. And like, Mm -hmm. that's really as far as it goes. Like it's not it's not as serious as real video games because it's more for the casual theme mm-hmm. park fan. Buying those Pokeballs costs money. Extra oh, yeah, money. 50 oh, bucks. That's right, yeah. You 50 can bucks. 50 bucks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the same as a well, I thought course, we'd get a Pokedex, yeah. but I think that that would just be incorporated mm-hmm. into the app. That's that's the right. right. You don't need and, a whole And of course, in Nintendo, they have the uh, the power-up bands. And uh, do, right. we have, do we have pricing for that yet in Hollywood? Not uh, sure. No, but I think it's uh, it goes for around thirty five dollars US uh, approximate mm-hmm. for for what it costs in Japan now. I think I don't know. I could see it going up to forty. Sure, why not? 40. Yeah, <laughs> sure. The people will buy it. <laughs> well, I mean, it opens uh, so- <laughs> up new stuff to play, so might as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's so many more ideas to replace KidZone. DreamWorks, more DreamWorks could be next. We discussed an old DreamWorks plan. Uh, there might be more DreamWorks coming up. Uh, could you discuss that really quickly? Oh, yeah. And we don't like these were all the concepts that the curse canceled. But here yeah. we are now uh, four years removed from the last solid plans. And I've heard two really good. I mean, not good, but two really solid ideas that almost got greenlit. One was mm-hmm. um, incorporating illumination ideas, Secret Life of Pets, The Sing Show, things that exist in other parks that could easily be cloned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throwing uh, and leaving something like the DreamWorks destination, but doing it for trolls. So it's trolls uh, like mm-hmm. uh, dance party and just calling it like a universal fun zone or something like some not necessarily right. a full on illumination land. Um, and I like all the ideas about Secret Life of Pets seems to have faded away. And I don't know if it's like from a negative response in Hollywood, but it seems like uh, Orlando is kind of against the concept it, right now. It might be due to the second film doing poorly right, that's and true i think too. Mm-hmm. but because the, the secret life of pets ride in hollywood is super adorable it's wonderful it is i i mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind an omni mover based on anything being built um yeah. and that brings me to my next thing there's an idea to clone secret life of pets uh which is like the same track layout as the yoshi ride by the way it's just inside a right. building um but do it for trolls and use that as an anchor for a dreamworks kids zone land where you keep the DreamWorks destination, you keep the Shrek meet and greet, you replace Curious George and a little bit of the backstage area with this Trolls ride that is a direct clone of Secret Life of Pets, uh, and you retheme the existing Fievel area and the Woody Coaster to Trolls or other properties, call it a DreamWorks land, uh, get some Madagascar in there maybe, I don't know. Uh, it's an easy thing that can be done sectionally. You can retheme mm-hmm. Woody uh, as like one step one uh, or step three at this point and just kind of slowly let DreamWorks take it over. And I think that's where we may, might be right now. Now, E.T., is that 
safe for now. Oh, no, E.T. safe. E.T. safe. Yay, Botanicus lives. Yay. Uh, in fact, I think it actually might see an update in the next 10 years oh, to give it another 20 years. Um, I am praying for that. Men in Black and both Men in Black and E.T. might get a big, like the mummy's getting right now, big update. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, finally, we got to move on to our last uh, portion of Build It or Not. Uh, do we wish any of these five Miniland ideas made it to Universal Studios Florida or whatever it may come in the future be better? Uh, any five of these do you wish was built? I honestly think Super Nintendo World should have happened. And I think this park mm-hmm. needed that invig- invigoration of life. Um, right. I think after Supercharged, as much as I like the Born Stuntacular, um, we've had Fallon. Um, they took the 3D away from the the Despicable Me ride. We have a lot of screen based mm-hmm. rides, and um, it would have been nice to have some tangible moving things in this in this this park. And Super Nintendo yeah. World, I think, would have added that life that we. I understand you want to anchor the new theme park with it, but I'm tired of waiting for it. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, Dorman. Any of these ideas? I think uh, uh, in the case that Super Nintendo World right is opening with the new gate, and I can I can live with it existing somewhere. Pokemon uh, probably would be if if they were to put something down there in the future. Pokemon would I think be the coolest idea. The other ones mm-hmm. just don't seem all that fascinating. But Super Nintendo World, awesome, mm-hmm. could open later. Pokemon, if a Nintendo World isn't going there, then why not? Right, do the Pokemon. Right. <laughs> uh, for me. Um... I got to be a little bit more contrary on this. I think Epic Universe is a great place for Super Nintendo World as an anchor. Uh, So I'm going to say I would really wish that the Pokemon uh, attractions were built. I think that would have been a fantastic idea. Although I totally get why they will eventually go with DreamWorks. They bought it for uh, so many billions of dollars. They got to make it worth. I do wish that the Pokemon got built. And I'm surprised none of you all picked Smurfs. Really? No Smurfs? I was thinking. (sighs) I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking. (laughs) Only if we get to sing and then hear ourselves at the end. I think that DJ Smurf really really ties the whole attraction together. Yes, of course. I really bit crushed. (laughs) The world's most awful microphones. Yeah, us singing to the Smurfs song. So uh, we reached the end of our podcast. Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for coming on. We really are honored to have you on here. Uh, Can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Alicia Stella. You can find the website OrlandoParkStop.com. And on YouTube, it is Theme Park Stop. And I just want to give a a shout out to her Patreon. Uh, If you donate to the Theme Park Stop Patreon, you will feel like a true insider. Even if you read her articles on uh, Orlando Park Stop, uh, you will also get uh, rumor updates that nobody else will will be able to see. And you get exclusive podcasts with extra juicy rumors and we have uh, a lot of anyways, fun in the in the discord too we uh the discord yes, we, we get do. all the all the that we get really into the we do deep dives into the rumors on the discord that's that theme park stop. so in the meantime uh please follow us on social media on twitter at unbuilt pod you can reach me at open mother's mail and ryan dorman at open the dorman feel free to email us at unbuiltpod at gmail.com and rate us on stitcher itunes and anchor or wherever you find this podcast Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. And if you don't like us, thank you for listening to Teen Creeps. I'm Lindsay Katai. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. Pikachu!